Architects have always had problems trying to explain drawings to non-professionals and construction teams. With CGI, though, these problems are avoided. The drawings get transformed into photorealistic movies of the real thing, making it easy not only to prevent misunderstanding, but to detect and correct design flaws before the first nail is driven. In this episode, 2230, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG bros, will be explaining when they answer the commonly asked question, how is CGI used in architecture on the CG bros CG Insider podcast. Welcome to the CG Insider podcast. And if you're a new listener to their podcast, special welcome to you. And if you're a regular listener, it's awesome to see you again. In today's episode of the CG Insider podcast, uh, we'll be answering another great fan question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at cgbros.com. Uh, by Andrea L., who resides at uh, from Pierre, South Dakota. And Andrea asks, how is CGI used in architecture? By the end of our discussion today, you'll have learned some insightful things about CGI and how it's used in the field of architecture, from its early days of tedious two-hand drawings to today's cutting-edge CGI renderings. Be sure to stay to the end of the podcast because we'll be reading some newbie, new media producer testimonials. I'm Sean Johnston. One of your hosts for today's edition of the CD Insider Podcast. And I am Bill Johnston, your other host. Thanks for your question, Andrea. You want to start, Bill? Sure, yeah, you bet. You know, when I was uh, thinking about how to answer this question, uh, I thought it would probably be a good idea to touch on exactly what CGI is, or more specifically what CG, or computer graphics, is at its very core. So we're all on the same page here. So uh, this is kind of the the basics. It boils down to three three things. Computer graphics basically refer to things like the manipulation and the representation of the image or the data in a graphical manner. That's the first thing. Second thing is CG is the various technology that's required for the creation and manipulation of those graphics. And then thirdly, it's the digital synthesis and manipulation of uh, that data or simulation of that data that's that's. Uh, Refer, that we're referring to in this in this discussion. So, uh, let me go ahead and just kind of roll a cool uh, video uh, here in the background while you know, we kind of talk about uh, this. Basically, computer graphics are are used as a tool for architectural design and and construction systems that uh, we'll be talking about today. Uh, but it's also used, and we we've gone through this in past podcasts: engineering design and, and analysis, and consumer consumer product design, and manufacturing, and aircraft and spacecraft design, and stuff like that. Um, and, and we've talked about how products are conceived of and you know, iteratively designed on and tested and manufactured uh, using cool 3D printing technology, um, a lot of it without even being, t- you know, having been touched by a single human hand and, and in a fraction of the time as well. So, um, you know, uh, this, we're going to focus a little bit on, on how this amazing technology is used in the field of architecture. And kind of what we're seeing now is some of the, the st- ways that uh, CGI is used to create some some basic imagery of different environments and, and structures and, and buildings. And these are a lot of this is done in the Unreal Engine. Uh, but, uh, you know, why don't we go ahead and start talking about some of the background, Sean? Well, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful rendering you got playing there. It's super realistic, especially now with Unreal. Gosh. Well, I mean, CGI uh, 3D modeling has been around for around 60 years. Um, and in fact, it started with uh, Ivan Sutherland in 1963, and, and he did a, a PhD, uh, his thesis, in which he actually received a Turing Award in 1988 and a Kyoto Prize in 2012. But he basically pioneered human-computer uh, interaction and in his early uh, program that he did at, um, in college. Uh, this particular, I'll show you a video of this. Uh, right now, it's, it was Sketchpad, and I sped it up a little bit here so you can kind of see 
what he actually uh, designed. Uh, he's got an input device, which is a pen on the screen. Um, and he did simple geometric shapes that you could um, basically manipulate and connect together, making, um, you know, basically, you know, spheres and um, circles and, um, and just like I said, um, basic primitive drawings. But for, for that time period, it was so, so advanced and, and, uh, and looking at it right now, I mean, almost this particular thing looks like almost like a Pac-Man. But anyway, this... Well, I mean, this, basically, that looks like it's the, I mean, it's a, the first digital 2D drawing, Sean. It is. It is. Uh, it, but, it's, but you can also do it in... He rotates it into 3D, too. And so he's got the different viewports he's showing. He's got the top, left, right, and then perspective. And he's rotating these simple wireframe objects around and giving a uh, basically a preview of what was to come, which is basically early CAD. Yeah, that's like that's so that's we're envisioning mm -hmm. the 3D model based on the two on this 2D drawing. That's right. And that's awesome. listening to the, the comments of the the uh, narrator in this video, he was super impressed and blown away by that. I mean, we're looking at now, but you know, we're we're design what we have today uh, in just in a simple web page. Um, being able to draw is is you know this was so advanced for that time period. That's really cool. That is really cool. And the other advantages of using, you know, 3D and CAD designs is, you know, and bringing them into the digital world uh, was that you could share them. You know, you could review them and, and pass them around. You could, you know, uh, I, I mean, just that it, being able to share designs and modify those designs with relative ease. I mean, I mean, I remember I was, <clears throat> you know, there used to be. I worked for a company that, that uh, was an architectural company, and they were, they were architectural engineering, and they actually had we had. Uh, desks, rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of blueprints. Uh, and they all had to be organized and they were all filed away. And I mean, they're heavy and they you had to roll up these giant rolls. I mean, these are, I mean, some, some of these plan bundles were like 40 pounds, Sean. Um, and, and so you take those out with you or you, you know, you want to talk to somebody about them. You go to the drawer and you lug out these humongous drawings. And you, you know, flip through these. I mean, and these drawings are like, uh, you know, three by two by three size pages. I mean, they're giant sheets of, of, of designs and you'd have to find the right page and then you'd have to go through the, the legend and, and get to the right quadrant. And I mean, it was, it was a very involved process, kind of like the old going to the library almost, you know, in the old days. The microfiche. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Even, even before that, the Dewey Decimal card system. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those, the, the cards, the, I mean, it worked, but, and that's how they got things done, but this was such a revolution, this, you know, moving into you know, what we're calling AutoCAD, I guess, or 3D CAD systems, uh, was such a revolution. Well, what that also brings us in, what exactly is CAD? It's, it simply means computer-aided design and, and basically allows for designers uh, via computer technology to design, um, you know, multiple parts for an assembly, um, basically mechanical and electrical assemblies. And I didn't show you the video, I kind of cut it in that video for, for, by uh, Ivan Sutherland. He actually showed, you know, mechanical... Um, schematics they, they were drawing and building together and uh i thought that was was super super amazing for that time i didn't even know it was they even had anything like that back then but um typically cad's used for you know design and mechanical and electrical assemblies um and then there's also something now which which i think i touched on another podcast it was called bim um and that stands for building information modeling and and now that's becoming uh, bim is becoming almost exclusively for design and construction of commercial buildings like office towers, airports, and schools. And it's, it's BIM is basically, uh, CAD's used for products and, and, and pieces of, of, of products that, that are manufactured together, 
BIM is used for actual buildings and, and uh, large structures and things like that. Yeah, that's, as a matter of fact, uh, here's, a, here's an example of that. Uh, here's the guy who's got wearing VR goggles and he's on the job site. And he's, he's actually visioning the data sets uh, in real time. It's taking 3D you know, position data from, from his headset and, and overlaying uh, in augmented reality the, this, this, the building, uh, depending on you know, what you're selecting. And he's, he's actually able to envision, you know, in this case, the, the, the steel structure that's going to be built. Um, well, yeah, it's, you're, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing. Go ahead, Sean. Well, I was just going to say, looking at that, that video you're showing, it's the BIM also offers, you know, digital representations of the facility, including the functional systems like the, the, uh, HVAC systems, the electrical, um, walls, roofs, and windows. So it's, it's pretty elaborate what you can do now in the computer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, uh, not, not just, you know, Today, but I mean, what I find really interesting was uh, that they used to use, uh, you know, or one of the early applications for for CGI technology in in architecture was was architectural reconstruction. And we, we've kind of covered that in a past podcast as well. And I, I thought that was quite an, an amazing use. And in case you missed that podcast, it's it's how CGI is used to to recreate historical, uh, you know, do a reconstruction basically, or reverse engineer uh, historical buildings, uh, architectural sites and stuff, and kind of bring them back into the current day, uh, to kind of provide us with a look and feel of, as well as a, an accurate depiction of what the building was actually like, or the city or the place or, or you know, whatever. But, um, you know, it's very, you know, when we dig up these ruins and stuff, we wonder, well, what, what was it like when they lived there? Well, that's, I, thought, I always thought that was a very interesting uh, use of, of CGI in, in architectural. Yes. Uh, and there's also, if you look at this particular uh, video I have here, this kind of showed you some of the, the design software that's used to create. Um, you can see on one side here on the left hand side um, is the 2D version of it and then the 3D rendered versions on the right. Um, so this is, this is using SketchUp um, Pro 2021. And Look how far in advanced it has come. I mean, I, to show you all the different um, presets that you have, um, all the different textures you can bring in, and then you can also bring in real, real um, uh, textures that have been scanned in. Like we were talking about the the really uh, high res um, scans of of bricks and and actually adding grass and all sorts of different things too. And that those, this software is so powerful in rendering. You can this bathroom here, for example. The power of doing it in the computer. I mean, this is, looks like a photo. It's it's super photo real, but you can have different layouts for this particular company that did glass doors for um, a sauna inside uh, a bathroom. So you can see the different layouts for these two here, and you can kind of, uh, and then the, a third layout for. So you can kind of do it very very quickly and get things to the manufacturer um, that much faster. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful what we can do. That is pretty. So I'm still impressed, even even though um, I'm in the business of uh, you know, CGI. You know, the other advantage of using 3D CADs is, is not only you know we talked about sharing and reviewing them, but you know, simul you can simulate them, uh, which I thought, which is an, another really cool thing. Uh, and that you know, back in the old days, they used to design buildings and, and homes and stuff in, in, in 2D, you know, drawings. And those plans, of course, were you had to have, you know, as an architect or a designer, you had to know your you had to be meticulous with the details. I mean, uh, you, you'd be sending those plans out to manufacturers to have you know parts cut and you know like you're talking about bathrooms and stuff. I mean, everything that was designed for a home or you know for a building had to be uh, designed and, and work basically to fit together. 
And you can just imagine all the problems and errors that, that took place, and they did on a regular basis. And they were expensive errors, that costly errors, um, that, because something didn't fit right, or the measurement was off by a quarter inch, or, or they didn't take, take into account the, the, the width of, a, of, a, of the saw blade when it cuts tiles, or, or you know, whatever it is, to, or wood, or you know, to, to, structurally, the CAD system takes into account all of that stuff and you know, just makes it, you know, holds it tight. You know, you 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 reduce errors because, as I said, you can simulate these these structures. You can make sure you can open doors in the simulation world and make sure that oh, the clearance, oh, it's not going to hit this this wall when you try to open the door. You know, this window is is going to you know be in a in a spot where you can even test lighting and stuff like that. And we'll get we'll get to that in a little while. Yes, and the, the, what you're saying is, I mean, you think about back in back in New York City when they're building all those buildings and. Sure, you had you had to. I'm, I'm sure they had artists and, and architects rendering out. You know, this is what it's going to look like. But you're look, doing it in, in kind of a 3D perspective, obviously, on a sheet of paper, and they've colored it and everything else. This is what it's going to look like. But can you imagine not knowing, not being able to do like a virtual tour, which you can do today? And if you're looking behind me here, I'm showing a video of basically a virtual tour of of a home um, with all the layouts. You know, the all the the refrigerator, all the appliances, um, and then of course couches and how everything's laid out with light. How's the lighting going to affect it at certain times of the day based on where it's where it's facing? And that's kind of a neat thing to do. I think I said in a previous podcast that uh, you know I have a pool being built and they laid the entire background or the, the whole thing out in 3D and had different sunsets. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, 12 o'clock and then and the noon, you know, looking at how the sun's affecting everything and, and all the, the layout of the furniture and stuff in your backyard, for example. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. And that's a, another way of selling your products, um, just being able to and then animating it as well. I actually threw it in an animation thing. You could he, he added sounds. So you can hear the, the water features going on there. I mean, the power of being able to see it and, you know, before it's built, you can You've, you've done it. Now, obviously, you look at something like, you, let's say you're doing something in your house and you go, okay, how's this couch going to look? And then now you can take a photo of your cat, your house and that room and then just kind of lay it out and push it around in different you know, you know, layouts and things like that. The power of doing that now, and that's why you're seeing buildings built so quickly now. Yes, and another thing that's really cool to kind of tag on what you were saying was uh, that uh, the... Uh, lighting simulations you can do is not just for aesthetics while that's of course extremely important i, I mean i like uh the morning sun coming into my kitchen while i sip on my morning libation i need coffee um <laughs> and i like the evening sun to set in my backyard while i sip on my morning my evening libation <laughs> right. anyway uh i mean it's not just for that but it's it's a it's, it's you know think about it from from you know other, you know, you could, if you're a garden grower, you know, I'm a, I'm a gardener. I like to, I like to do patio gardening. Well, you want to know how the sun is going to, going to track through your yard to make sure you, you know, your plants are, even if you're not a gardener, you know, you, you have nice plants. Well, some plants take more exposure during the year than others. And so it allows you to run simulations over the course of a year based on how, you know, you're laid out and, and you can make those decisions so that you don't plant a tree that's not supposed to have sun, you know, half the year, you know, you, you can get your planting right. And so, you, you know, it saves you a lot of money in the long run. And a lot of people, I mean, you can actually plan it down to those minute details. Right. And then there's also photogrammetry that they're doing now in a lot of, of, of movie sets too, uh, where they're, for example, um, there's, there's a, well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. I want to show you some, but, but aerial renderings too, um, they're doing a lot of those too for your house and, and you can, or, you know, property construction sites, things like that. So for marketing perspective, so you can get a bird's eye view 
of the actual building and how it's going to be laid out and, you know, in your, in your street, how's that going to look? Um, there, I have an, an image here. Um, I believe, well, this is, this is one of the inside of a, of a, um, I was just going to say the realistic renderings that I'm seeing today, this particular one of, of a bistro that they, they're building. I mean, it looks like a photograph, how everything is laid out, the concrete's in there, the wood's in there, the lighting and how all the light, the, the type of lights that they're using on the walls to enhance artwork and things like that. I think that's beautiful. These, these images are amazing. Um, I mean, you, you could just walk through there and, and I'm, a lot of times they'll put in 360 degree walkthroughs so you can do uh, of, of the construction and, and get a full overview walking through each room. Um, as if you're almost like using a, almost like a game pad, game controller walking through all those things. So yeah, the it, cool thing about these real-time previsits that you're showing and that they're, they're creating is, is not only are they interactive, like, which is really cool, you can walk through them, but they're, they're used for real-time ergonomics design to make sure that you know people have enough space to move around, you know, depending on the capacity of the office or the space that you're, you know, even down to the furniture layout of the place, uh, just to make it easy for you know people to navigate the space. Right. Yeah. They they can uh, they like you were saying simulation. You can have simulated uh, people walking up and down your building, um, and you know, obviously for these these architectural layouts for co uh, conventions and how how each one of these. Um, exhibitors is going to have their their particular booth set up. You know, um, a lot of that could be done as well ahead of time. Yes, in fact, you know, the, the, some of these things they're so accurate, Sean. I mean, you know, when, when the, the, and the computer's tracking all these things, that you can actually once you you know you've got designed it and simulated it, it can actually you can output uh, the exact. Uh, type and amount of materials that you need for, say, to build the, the, the house or the whatever. You know, the, everything's calculated out and it, it actually spits out the software. It spits out what's called a bill of materials or a BOM, mm -hmm. um, which, which, which basically, you know, if you change the design or something or if you, you know, you, it, it can basically be modified to, to, to modify your bill of materials so that, you know, you, it automatically gives you the materials that you're going to need to, to build the, of the design that, you're, that you've, uh, that you that you've made. You know what's interesting is, I'll going back real quick to to my backyard, putting in a swimming pool. Um, we had seven seven different companies come in and give us a three D rendering, and the one that we ended up going with was he maximized the amount of space that I had, and visually I could see it with the water in the pool, with the plants around the pool, um, and it just he nailed it. He nailed our house. In fact, he took a picture of our house. Um, and also took, you know, gave us the exact stucco color. He, he basically nailed exactly what our house was along with this new pool versus some of the other guys that just did it. And they kind of had a generic, I mean, had the kind of our house shape, but there were, but they didn't take the time to, to make it, um, to sell it to us to, to, you know, Hey, it's, it's an emotional feeling when you're getting things done for your house. Well, and we talked, yeah. So we talked about this before where, you know, you can't, you don't, if, I mean, if you have to buy sight unseen, you'll rather, you, you'll go to some place, a brick and mortar store, yep. you know, it, but since they can actually pre visualize it for you, it made you comfortable enough to say, yeah, sign me up. I'm buying that. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it, 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 I mean, look at this, this is not my pool, <laughs> but, but look how beautiful this, this CGI scene is behind me. I mean, yeah, that's a lot super realistic. Um, but I mean, <laughs> that's the thing you can get. And now with like you were showing earlier with the 3d, uh, game engines like Unreal and Unity, you can you can get this stuff in real time and move things around in real time. I think we showed that with the the seashore, where you can move rocks around and move, see how things kind of fit together um, dynamically. Yes, and shrubbery and your trees, you move trees around yeah. dynamically and right, and, yeah, you know different heights and all that kind of stuff. So, 
so powerful, so powerful. That's cool. Well, you know, and, and one of the things we really didn't talk about, which I'd like to touch on as well, is is the model making. You can actually take those designs and, and you know, without actually seeing, you can actually print them out in 3D and to see them in the physical world and do simulations, as you're seeing here, some wind simulations based on the, you know, the the the, the structures that have been 3D printed and they're overlaid. And what's really cool about this is you can they're actually doing scanning now of real time environments so that you can do uh, virtual reality and augmented reality overlays. And uh, here's an example of a uh, kind of a city visualized uh, but it was all done uh, in the computer uh, all designed for you know previously and then printed out and here's a, just a fantastic you know how would you conceive you know visualize something like this without having it you know be, and you can see the scale of it and that's what I really like about these these uh, you know when they're printed out and you, you they're, they're at scale and you can actually you know it's another way to, of, of seeing it that is not video which is really cool but you know don't get me wrong cg is cool but they're using the the cgi or the design the cad files to actually do the 3d printings as well that's that's fascinating there, there there's also um if i can show quickly this is this is um uh, for a movie we mentioned a, a while back for zach snyder's um, army of the dead in this particular movie um, for architecture they they wanted to shoot it in downtown las vegas and i think this is right around covid the beginning of covid um, right around that time. And they said, because of the, the, the Las Vegas strip, it was, it was, there's no way they were going to be able to shoot with the, the basically on the strip itself. So what they ended up doing is creating, um, along with the practical sets, they basically digitized, um, uh, like for the entire strip itself using, um, uh, LIDAR cameras, um, which basically, uh, create 3D point clouds of the of the geometry around what they're what you're pointing at buildings, streets, and bridges, and things like that. And then they also took um, a camera, um, which is which is called a I believe it's called a Phase One camera, and it uh, they put it on a um, drone to get high res um, images for texturing for the actual um, space, you know, down downtown uh, Las Vegas Strip. And they, they basically flew around a helicopter on a grid pattern, like I said, getting a point cloud geometry for modeling. So they brought it into the computer, cleaned it up, um, had their guys do that. And for a lot of these scenes at the very end, it, it was fascinating to see uh, a destroyed kind of uh, Vegas, but they kept all the landmarks, you know, uh, that you, so you could recognize them while they're, all the zombie hordes are running through those streets. I just thought that a really cool architectural way of using um, technology today in the computer. Look at that. I mean, that's amazing. A 3D point cloud of the entire Las Vegas Strip. Um, then they rendered at the very end here. Just beautiful. The movie's pretty cool, too. Oh, the Matrix, here we come, right? Yeah. That's funny. Well, just in, and lastly, I just wanted to show a quick... Uh, oops, I already showed that one. A uh, little video of... Uh, uh, how they're using uh, those those files as well to actually build homes. Uh, see the CGI there. They're designing it in CAD. They're and they're sending out to what you know a three D printer, which is this is just a giant three D printer, which is printing cement, and uh, you know they're you're, they're basically the build, building the cores of your home uh, or the homes of the future. And apparently this this technology takes. You, know, you could build a complete home in two days, at least the structure, the core of right. the home in two days, you know, from the rooms and everything, you still wire it and put plumbing in and, you know, put your solar panels on. But, uh, but you can basically see how efficient and how quickly this is done and how precise and, you know, consistent and you get, you get a, a, just a high quality result as a, as a, as a result of the technology and, and the amount of material that's wasted because again, you're using an additive technology where, you know, you're not cutting away or having a subtractive 
uh, technology where you're, you've got a lot of waste, you're generating a lot of waste material. This is very efficient as far as material usage goes. And it's the real future, I, I think, of, of home construction. You know, I'm looking at that. I wonder if they have um, insulation in there as well. I mean, well, here's a company that uh, actually produces modules and they, you can, it doesn't produce insulation, but what you'll see here is it actually produces channels, which actually, are, you know, when you have uh, trapped air, uh, mm -hmm. that is an insulator as well. So oh, what you're right. seeing here is, is, you, is the wall actually being printed and this is a curved printer and you can actually see the zigzags and uh, the supports inside and those are trapped air, which acts as an insulator. So sometimes you don't need insulation. Uh, you just need trapped air, but you're right. You, you're right. I, I remember seeing, I remember seeing, um, I think it's either in Saudi Arabia or some, somewhere in the Middle East where they have this actually indoor ski, skiing, snow skiing. Mm -hmm. And they actually, how do you build that in the middle of the desert? Well, they have, like you said, air pockets between in the structure itself. And that, that's enough. Like you said, that's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> Think yeah, that. with CGI and architecture, you basically can pre-visualize everything. And, right. and that allows for you to explore different materials and furniture and colors and patterns and lighting fixtures and appliances and landscaping. And we, uh, basically, it, it makes it all possible. Uh, it's just right. amazing technology. And we could go on forever, a, right? Yeah, but we got to get to the mailbag. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, some testimonials. First, uh, sorry? Sorry, we're going to do some testimonials, not the mailbag. Okay, yeah. This first... Uh, uh, Testimonials from uh, Kolja Saksida. And uh, so uh, Kolja says, a great reach of diverse audiences with international recognition. Uh, awesome, uh, Kolja. And you know, we are uh, international. Uh, people don't realize that, but uh, you know, it, our channel reaches uh, international and uh, even uh, uh, cosmic. Yeah, <laughs> cosmic. Yeah, we have a large, we have a large audience. It's uh, like you said, around the world and uh, India, I think, is a large one of our large uh, populations that watches our channel, not just to, not just the United States. Um, but this one, this one's from uh, Isis Rubio, and uh, he's a member of a, a team called Tippy Topper, and they've been watching. They actually submitted a film to our channel. They've been watching our channel for years and years, and he's basically the reason why they picked us is because we they've got so much content. Uh, we've got so much content and, and, and that we've shared it with them, the world, and it's inspired them. And it's, it's, uh, it's really nice to know that our channel is inspiring other people to create their own CGI content and their own films. And um, it, it's just, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting for us. Well, yeah, because uh, and that's, that goes to the comment before, a diverse audience, an international audience, you know, that, that really speaks to that as well. And, and we're we're proud to, to, to you know to, to hold the hold the torch for, uh, for folks that are that are uh, international creators. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, we want to appreciate uh, we appreciate you guys. We want to thank you uh, again for being part of our podcast today, uh, and we want you to know that uh, we do do them just for you. And uh, we had a lot of fun answering Andrea's question today: How is CGI used in architecture? And we hope you learned something new that you didn't know uh, as well along the way. Um, we really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you did too. And if you did, please do us a big favor and share it around with some of your friends. Uh, also, just hit that like button too because it helps YouTube find other people like you who like to hear discussion about CGI and VFX related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Bros Insider Podcast. And by the way, if uh, you've got a subject that you'd like us to cover in one of the podcasts, you just need to let us know by going into our website, thecgbros.com, up to the About Us tab and over to Ask Us Anything, uh, just like Andrea did. We're always looking to improve our podcasts, and, and we'd like to know what you think. Uh, if, and if you do, please uh, leave us a comment. Uh, no guarantees. We may even read it during our next uh, one of our future podcasts. So just in case you didn't know, uh, we bring in you a new edition of the Cutting Edge 
CG Insider right here every week where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as uh, other related interesting topics. Also, be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI film and entertainment uh, by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today around the world, as well as we show obviously some really cool VFX breakdowns uh, before and afters and uh, behind the scenes making ofs as well. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing you here again for next week's podcast where we'll be answering another great fan question. This one's a cool one. How are CGI hair effects created? That is going to be another great one. I, I, I look forward to talking about that one. Yeah. See you next week. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is CGI used in architecture? Thanks for being with us. If you watched this on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the thank you button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they, too, can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is CGI fur and hair effects created? This has been episode 2230 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.